What's good, Chiefs Kingdom? Today we're going to go ahead and recap what's been going on so far with preseason, everything that's been finishing up with training camp. Um, I know it's been a while for you guys and I haven't been able to get some episodes out there. I'm going to briefly explain what's been going on. My mindset's kind of been all over the place, but I'll keep you guys in the loop with everything. But we're definitely going to recap the preseason and uh, what's going to happen going into the regular season. So with that being said, Chiefs Kingdom, I'd like to welcome you all to the Kingdom Connect podcast. This is a Kansas City Chiefs podcast. You're with your host and producer, Eric Lepartis, certified health and performance trainer. Hope Chiefs Kingdom is doing very, very well today. We're recording this episode on Sunday, August 28th. Um, it's a very beautiful day outside. Hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody had a good weekend. Um, before we actually get into the whole recap, I kind of want to briefly explain what's been going on with my life, kind of um, explain kind of my hiatus, why I haven't been able to get episodes out there consistently. Well, to be honest with you guys, I really, really thought about just giving this up. Um, I took down the social media pages. I First and foremost, actually, let's just explain what happened. I was recording an episode probably about two weeks ago. Um, it was our, yeah, it was two weeks ago. It was right after the Chicago Bears uh, preseason game. And... Matter of fact, it was before the Chicago Bears preseason game because I was going to do a preview episode and then I was going to do, obviously, a review episode afterwards. And that was my whole game plan for the preseason and obviously the regular season um, for this podcast. Um, As I got done recording, I recorded a whole episode, probably did an hour And I sat back and I just thought about it and it was like, this is shit. Like, I don't like this anymore. I don't I don't have the passion for it. And I just you know what? I deleted it. Um, I do the podcast through Anchor. I think most a lot of podcast hosts actually create their their platforms and their podcast shows through that uh, specific platform. And. Uh, I just deleted the app. I didn't delete the podcast, but I deleted the app. I took down the social media pages and I just sat back and I was like, you know what? I think I just want to be a fan and just stick to kind of, you know, myself and things like that. And, you know, I was just going to roll with it. I really was. Um, I didn't think that I was going to record another episode and I had already got 19 episodes out. I was on episode 20 and it was like one of those things that I was like telling myself like, man, like, how did I even get this far? You know, it was just really as simple as, oh, I started this the moment that we traded Tyree Kill and I was like, I'm going to actually really, really get into this. But then I started noticing in my last my last few episodes that I got out, I wasn't really putting the same passion and drive towards really trying to make an episode really, really good for you guys and the content good for you guys. And I was being uh, like I was being slow on my posts with social media and 
I think my mind was all over the place with it. And I kind of just told myself that if I'm not going to be 100% about it, then I'm not going to do it at all. And I thought about giving it up or I, I sincerely was giving it up. And I was going to be like, you know what? Sometimes you just take L's on things and um, that was going to be that. I think the biggest thing for me was I wasn't I wasn't going with my word and my word was trying to get you guys the best content out there, you know, from my perspective, um, as consistent as possible. And I wasn't able to do that. Um, like I always mention in every episode that I'm a certified health and performance trainer and that's what I do. I work with so many people, um, through various forms of fitness or health related um and my my mind and my focus is more tailored towards them because that's my that's my life this is my job um and when i'm with a lot of people you know throughout the day or you know throughout the week whatever the case may be you know it got to a point where i was like i don't want to go home and record an episode i don't have energy to do this and it got me thinking like how do all these guys who have been doing these podcasts like you know you got podcasts from like RGR with Ryan Tracy um KCSN now uh Arrowhead Pride Arrowhead Live um you got Fan Sided Times Ours and all these other all these other shows and I'm just like you know how do they how do they do this you know with on top of their day-to-day jobs and I think knowing that some of them probably didn't start this because they wanted to, I think a lot of them probably got put in these positions because it was where they were working for. A lot of them are sports writers, analysts, insiders. So they have a lot more information, a lot more reliable information and, um, I guess with them being most of them being writers, it just makes more sense. Um, I don't have a media team. I don't have a production team. And most of these most of these shows do. Most of them have media people and things like that. And I'm a solo guy. I, I've been I've been doing these la- these episodes just on my own, editing, producing, obviously hosting, doing all of it. And I think just doing all that work, it was like, man, like it's more work doing that than it is actually recording an episode. And I started noticing that I wasn't getting my, you know, I usually have my laptop out because that's easy for me to look up information if I need to, you know, I always got a lot of football pages pulled up. I got the Chiefs homepage pulled up, you know, all the news just so I, you know, if I had breaking news, I can report it immediately if need be. Um, I know YouTube is a big thing for a lot of these uh, podcast hosts, and I'm not I'm not in the YouTube scene yet. You know, I'll be honest with you guys, I'm still recording on my phone. You know, I'm I'm new to this thing, and um, I think something just hit me one day, and I just was like, you know what? I don't think I want to do this anymore, and I I I seriously gave up, but. It was weird. I think these last few days, something just kind of hit me again. It was like, but that's your passion. 
you know, well, your your my job, what I do for a living, you know, health, fitness, you know, helping people get helping people get stronger mentally and physically. You know, I also work with people who have had injuries before, uh, pre or post op surgeries, um, people who just need to strengthen those areas up, um, people who just need to build better uh, functionality, you know, help uh, get rid of those imbalances and help with their biomechanics. Um, that's, that's legitimately my life and my passion and what I do for a living. But this is like a a hobby passion of mine as far as like, you know, because foot as far as like football, the sport of football goes, you know, and obviously the Kansas City Chiefs being my favorite football team, you know, I'm a mega fan, I'm a diehard fan. And I think something just hit me and was like, you know what? You actually love, you love football. You love doing this. You love sharing your knowledge and your thoughts and that was why you got into this. That's why you started the podcast. And then ironically, I had people left and right come up to me and I'm like, man, hey, how's your podcast going? How's everything going with that? You know, and it's weird because the moment that I wanted to give up on it, that's when a lot of people were coming to me asking me how it was going. But then when I was getting episodes out consistently, I wasn't really getting that that you know that flash with it so i was assuming maybe people were like oh um you know maybe he hasn't you know i i don't think they you know i don't think they knew that i was giving up on it or anything like that i think they it just was kind of a coincidental thing you know maybe it was a you know a what do you recall that a meaning or a um a telling that hey you know, maybe you shouldn't have given up on this. Maybe there's a reason why you started it. And who knows if I'm still doing this in a year, who knows where I'm going to be at. I can tell you right now, guys, I don't think I'm going to be able to get episodes out as consistently as I want. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do the weekly thing as like as much as I wanted to. As far as the games go, I'm going to try my hardest um, but if it's like one of those things where if I'm getting an episode out once every couple weeks, then maybe I can recap two games at a time or, you know, maybe three games at a time. Um, but I think my mentality has has to stay focused on the task at hand. And that is my day to day life. And I will do my best to get you guys out the content, you know, as much as I can. Um, but the overall story of this is just never give up. If you have a passion and a drive for something, just don't give up on it. Even at times where, you know, you might have some bad days with it or moments where you don't feel like you're on your best. Cause that's how it was. I really don't feel like I was my best or my A game these last two episodes, the last couple episodes, I should say. And it, you know, and that's, that's not me. I want to be able to be the best at what I do and when I can do it. Um, just trying to think of anything else I need to cover before we actually get into the preseason recap. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it, I, I love the Chiefs. I, I love this team. I love where we're at. And I started this podcast. This is mine. Kingdom Connect is my podcast. No one else has a podcast called that. I mean, there's so many podcasts out there about the Kansas City Chiefs, but my show is called Kingdom Connect. 
Um, I don't know if I'm going to get the social media pages back up. I think as of right now, I kind of just want to put episodes out there and just, you know what, leave it as leave it at that. Um, that's the one of the biggest things for me as well is that I wasn't I'm not getting the response that I want. And I know that that takes time, that takes marketing and that sometimes takes time. And I have to be patient with this if this is something that I want to continue to do. And it's something that, you know what, I really believe that I wanted to do. If if it's telling me this now, if I wanted to give up about two, two and a half weeks ago, but then all of a sudden I'm still thinking about it, that's clearly telling me that, hey, you actually legitimately wanted to do this. You were just having a moment. And we all have moments. Hell, I mean, I do it with my my job too, my real job. Um, I'm just trying to see what else I need to touch up on, guys, before we uh, get into this. Well, all right, Chiefs Kingdom, when we get back, we're going to go ahead and uh, recap what's been going on so far in uh, the rest of training camp in preseason. All right, Chiefs Kingdom, we're going to go ahead and recap the entire preseason and uh, what's been going on so far in training camp. Obviously, the Chiefs have to get down to the 53-man roster by this coming Tuesday. They've already made some moves along the way these past uh, weeks. They've moved on guys like Brandon Dandridge, Mike Rose, Teon Fleet Davis, um, Roderick Johnson, Dustin Crum. A lot of guys have been already released and waived. Derek Gore, um, he got put on IR with a fractured thumb and was quickly waived with a uh, injury settlement. I know that was probably a shocker to some people. Uh, I I kind of figured they would try to uh, get him on the practice squad, but due to that injury and him being gonna be, he was gonna be out the entire year because you know a fractured thumb. I mean, you got to be able to hold on to the ball, and that's gonna take time to heal and rehab and all this and that. I think there was going to be pretty much no chance for Derek Gore, and so they had to make that move. Um, but what else has been going on so far? So, yeah, uh, well, obviously, we, we ended camp. We broke away from uh, Missouri Western. I want to say it was not this past Wednesday, but the Wednesday before, I believe. Or I could be wrong. I don't really remember specifically when they broke away from I think it was this past week. It could have been. If I'm wrong, then it was the week before. I can't really remember. Things been it's been moving so freaking fast lately this off season and well we're actually here in the season now that, you know, sometimes I forget what days or when things actually legitimately happened. And I haven't been on the show or recorded an episode for the show in the last two and a half weeks due to everything. But they are now back at the facility at Arrowhead doing their practice. Um, it's kind of upset. I unfortunately could not make it to a camp practice this year at Missouri Western. Just time didn't play it play out that way for me. Um, had a lot of things come up, but you know, I I was trying to keep up with a lot of, a lot of all the uh, highlights and everything that was going on, especially on Twitter. Um, Mark Gunnels from uh, Arrowhead Pride, Chiefs Coast to Coast, uh, that he does with Aaron Ladd. Um, I know most of you guys probably know that. It's through Arrowhead Pride, but um, they're good guys. He's a space host on um, Twitter. They do a lot of uh, sports-related things, especially the Chiefs, for Mark Gunnels at least. 
Um, he added me to a, a group on Twitter. It's basically Chiefs Kingdom and, you know, a lot of, a lot of good, knowledgeable people in that group. Um, you know, we all share a lot of information with each other about the team. We all love the Chiefs. You know, I even made a, a point to even point out the fact that, you know, I believe being a Chiefs fan is similar to a drug addiction. Not obviously not doing drugs, but, you know, we are Arrowhead addicts. And obviously there is a uh, show called Arrowhead Addict and a um, a uh, right, uh, basically a column or like some sort of uh, report, you know, for Kansas City, the Kansas City Chiefs based from fan sided. So, um, yeah, you know, because it, it is an addiction being a Chiefs fan. You know, I love this team. I've been cheering for this team for so long already that, you know, I just it's like when I when they lose or something bad happens, it is it, it's pretty crazy. You know, like I said, I I started the show when Tyree Kill was traded. So um, but anyways, um, the camp at Missouri Western was good. Everybody managed to, you know, somewhat stay healthy. No, no, like major, major injuries, uh, Juju, you know, he's been kind of battling with the knee, you know, knee stuff, but it seems like he's kind of getting back to form. You know, he was catching passes um, from Mahomes this past uh, preseason game. And um, who else was kind of getting held up? Dunlap, he kind of had like an Achilles issue, but I believe he'll be fine. They probably just don't want to risk it since he's a vet. And... um Nothing super crazy has happened. I mean, a couple of the, uh, you know, third string guys kind of got hurt. I know McDuffie actually, well, he's our first starter, uh, first string in uh, on the cornerback position, one of the starters, and he actually went out with the concussion. I don't think it was super, super serious. I mean, I know he hit the guy very low, and it was a nice hit. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he caused him the, you know, it was fourth down and stuff. He made a play, but... It was a little bit of an impact, but for people who don't know, he was actually on the special teams play the following snap. So maybe there was something that they noticed him on that following play that didn't look right, or maybe he pulled himself off the side and said he doesn't feel right. And, you know, if a player, you know, immediately comes on the sidelines that he doesn't feel right, you know, there's always going to be like, OK, well, let's take you to the tent. Let's see what's going on. And then he was immediately going back to the locker room and they said that he was in concussion protocol. It might be mild, but again, it's preseason. He's a starter. You don't want to take any risk on anything. Um, Matt Bushman, he went down, you know, it's. It's kind of crazy. Me and my buddy Scott, we were talking about this the other day. You know, he 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 made a point to say that he believes that our tight ends are soft outside of uh outside of uh Kelsey, as far as like, you know, injury prone. Cause you know, Jody, he got hurt last year. Um Blake Bell. Blake Bell is now out with uh he had the hip hip flexor uh, surgery. And I know some people are probably like, well, what's hip flexor surgery? Well, there's a lot of different hip flexor muscles that you actually have. And I don't know what specific one, but from my knowledge, usually the hip flexor surgery is where they're probably removing the psoas muscle and, or at least they're detaching it from a certain point and uh, reattaching it to another point. So then you won't obviously have any pain there. Probably won't be any reoccurring injury. You may be a little bit more flexible at that point. Because, you know, our bodies are all essentially created 
as far as like the bones, muscles, all those things are supposed to be essentially created, you know, you know, in the same areas. Now, sometimes people's structures can be different. Like your pelvis is always going to be your pelvis. You know, you can have a male and a female and, you know, she has her pelvis and he has his pelvis. You know, if you look at them, yeah, they're generally the same way. But, you know, the difference is, is that, you know, obviously women's are a little bit generally wider because of, you know, childbirth reasons and guys are, you know, a lot smaller. But then you can have the structures of them can be a little bit different. So what I'm getting at is maybe the structure inside his hip causes, you know, it could cause a little bit more injuries, basically, probably because that hip specific hip flexor is rubbing off, you know, joints or any type of facets that are in the, um, um, the uh, bones, the bones of the pelvis, and are inside the hips, I should just say, you know, in layman's terms, and, you know, maybe the way it's structured, you know, you just need to reattach it and put it somewhere else. And, you know, you won't have any of those, you know, frictions or those, you know, areas of pain or whatnot. And he probably aggravated a lot by landing on his hip wrong. You know, it's just every it's it's everybody essentially has the same skeletal system, muscular system. The structures can be different, obviously. Um, anyways, that was kind of a little bit of a rant. I did not mean to get into that, but yes, Blake Bell has been out with a hip flexor. Uh, he had the surgery done on it, so he's definitely going to be missing some time. And, you know, Jody, he was dealing with the, um, the quad injury. So, you know, that, 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 that kind of, uh, sucks. And if I didn't, I, I believe I already met, mentioned, uh, Matt Bushman, but you know, like he broke his clavicle, he landed on his shoulder pretty wrong, hard. I saw it, you know, I believe everybody saw it. He was holding his shoulder after that. And he made some plays, you know, and that was, that was tough to see him go, uh, go down. But, uh, yeah, no, um, well, uh, back on, Jody, Jody, he seems to be fine. I believe he's going to be the second string uh, tied in behind Kelsey and then Noah Gray. There's a lot of questions about how many numbers of players per position we're going to, uh, you know, hold on to as far as like, is there going to be 10 linemen or is there going to be, um, you know, eight defensive ends, six defensive ends, five linebackers, you know. Uh, six, eight, you know, there's going to be so many speculations because you really don't know this year. Um, some positions are pretty much obvious. I mean, I believe for me, the, uh, the receivers and the amount of receivers they want to carry is pretty obvious. And I believe the running backs is pretty obvious at this point. Um, other than that, a lot of the other things are somewhat questionable, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm probably not going to speculate on how many numbers, of uh, players they want per position, uh, but I know they have to get the 53 by Tuesday, so there's going to be a lot of cuts, and I was listening to Chiefs Concerns podcast with uh, Jason Dunn and uh, um, and Marcus, uh, I forget his last name, God, I feel bad when I forget his last name, but um, uh, Jason Dunn was like saying like, yeah, like, you know, I remember being in camp and, you know, you have so many people and then, you know, when cuts start happening, he's like to the point where it's like, damn, where did everybody go? Like the group just gets smaller and smaller and smaller. 
So it, it, it's kind of because you start off with like 90 people. You have a 90 man roster and you have to get down to 53 by the season. Um, but we're going to go ahead and kind of, you know, break down uh, position by position of what's been going on, um, you know, since the preseason started. And I'm just going to kind of take every game and kind of combine it because it's the preseason. Um, you know, you saw a lot of things in every single game and you saw a little of things in every single game. So um we're gonna kind of you know do it like that and my goal moving forward with these episodes i'm gonna try not to rant as much and get into so much bs i'm gonna try to stick it close to just the point get the point across and try to keep the the shows within a decent time because that that's the thing that i don't want to do i don't want to like lose you guys you know by dragging these episodes you know you guys you guys need you know the chief stuff and that's all you guys are tuning in for so and that's what I want, you know. That's why I always say the connect is real because I'm I'm always trying to connect to everybody, you know. I want all of us to um, you know, not saying necessarily believe everything that I believe, but you know, connect you with my knowledge, uh everything that I love about this team and, you know, obviously give you guys some different insight and perspective of how things may go or whatnot. So, anyways, see, there I go, ranting again. Uh, we're going to start off with the quarterback position just because that's the easiest to start off with. And I'm just going to go based off, like I said, every game. Mahomes is just proving that he's still him. Number 15 is still proving that he still does what the fuck he does. Uh, it was, you know, it was just nice seeing him out there, seeing him move with the offensive line, marching right down the field and scoring. You know, it, it was easy. He found different targets every single time. And the one biggest thing that he never did was he never found, you know, he never had to hit Juju. Granted, Juju didn't play in the last two games, but he played in the first one. And Mahomes passed the six different receivers and he didn't even need, um, you know, to hit him. You know, he found Kelsey a few times. He found, you know, Justin Watson, who I'll get into a little bit. Um, you know, Noah Gray a few times and Hartman, you know, once or twice, you know, MVS, he said MVS, um, you know, but Mahomes, he's looking great. He's going into year uh, five or year six. I can't, uh, yeah, year six. He's going into year six, like as his career, but he's going in as his fifth year starting. Um, and it's just it's going to be crazy seeing the growth from him because he recognizes it. And I think taking Tyree kill away from this offense is it, it, it would basically, it's going to be the best thing for him because there is no Tyreek. So you, you can't just say Tyreek's down there. Fuck it. You know, you're going to have to find everywhere else. You're going to have to look all around the field because it's a whole nother receiving core. Now he's obviously going to look through, look for Kelsey because Kelsey's always going to be the number one target, but you know, with how versatile everybody is, how big everybody is, how good our offensive line is going to be, you know, it, it, it's going to be it's going to be amazing to see how what that man does this year. I'm I'm excited, and I think I can speak for most of people at Chiefs Kingdom that we're all fucking excited to see him. And I'm I'm calling it. I've said this before. I believe he's going to have an. This is going to be an MVP year. But with that being said. I always will believe Mahomes will be that quarterback that will put MVP numbers up but won't ever get votes or won't, you know, he'll be close. But, you know, well, we can't give it to him every time because he puts up the numbers. It's a given for him. He's already an MVP. 
And I, you know what? At the end of the day, yeah, I want him to win more MVP champ, uh, rewards. But at the same time, we all know that we only care about championships. And we would rather him bring home championships. He can have Super Bowl MVPs. Um, although I know some people do believe Damian Williams should have got the Super Bowl MVP. And, and I somewhat agree with it, you know. But I also can understand why they put Mahomes there, too. But, again, he's looking great. He's doing his thing. Henny, oh my god, I think everybody cringes when we see Chad Henny play. Um, he's old, he's washed, and I I think we're just kind of ready for him to be done. I think he's ready to be done, but I think that one of those biggest things is Andy would Andy doesn't want I hate to say it, but I don't think Andy wants his starter to be the vet in the room, to be the oldest vet in the room. I think he wants backups who have been there longer if not just as long um and you know I think that's why we've held on Henny for so long I mean Henny's been Henny's been the backup ever since Mahomes was the starter um because I I don't even remember who was a third string quarterback when Mahomes is right behind Alex Smith I I think it was um it had to have been like a you know you know, Aaron Murray, Tyler Brayers. I I don't know. One of those guys. Maybe maybe it wasn't. Maybe they only rolled with two quarterbacks then. Um man, let's just think that was five years ago, five, six years ago. That's that's crazy. <laughs> Speaking of, you know, I was on uh Twitter and then there was uh someone had shared or retweeted, uh, said the worst take in NFL history. And it was literally speak an old, old episode of Speak for Yourself when Colin Coward and Jason Whitlock were the hosts on it. And, you know, and Colin Coward's question was like, Jason, will the Kansas City Chiefs regret moving on from Alex Smith? It was immediately after Mahomes had just played his first game against Denver. And they had said, well, will the Kansas City Chiefs regret moving on from Alex Smith? And Jason, the first thing that came out of Jason Whitlock's mouth was yes. And then the video got cut off. I'm sure there was more context to it. To it but the way that the video ended, it was just like him. He just said straight yes. Like the Chiefs are going to regret moving on from Alex Smith. Clearly that was not the case. And I've seen episodes years later with Whitlock saying, oh, Mahomes, Mahomes, Mahomes. So... It's just them. It's just whatever fits their narrative in the moment. I get it. Um, but yeah, no, I'm 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 kind of over Henny. I know he won that playoff game, helped us finish that playoff game, but you don't want Henny in there. You don't. You just don't. Um, and even with Shane Bouchelle, Bouchelle played played really good throughout the preseason, but I'm going to go ahead and, you know, agree with like, you know, Matt Verderam and a lot of other guys like he still didn't show, you know, a lot that, you know, he should even be a, you know, he still probably is a third stringer on some teams, you know, but at the same time, he also still could be a backup on a lot of teams. And that's why I was trying to tell people I would not be shocked if they, you know, they du- they cut Dustin Crumb, so obviously that would make him the third string quarterback. I would not be shocked if he doesn't if he doesn't get past the waiver wire, and they're not going to put that freeze on him again because they're going to feel bad holding him hostage on the uh, practice squad. If he has an opportunity to be a backup somewhere, then you know what he'll be a backup somewhere. You know, and being a second string is obviously better than being a third string. 
you know, so it, it, it I don't know. It, it will be a better opportunity for him unless some teams roll with three quarterbacks in a game. I don't know. We usually only roll with two dressed. We only roll with two dressed quarterbacks. That's kind of how it's always been. Now, now, obviously, if Mahomes went down like seriously, then I can see a situation where we might run with three quarterbacks because you never know. You obviously are either going to play the, you know, if you don't know how these quarterbacks are going to play like that, you're either going to play with the hot hand or you're going to play, you know, unless the backup gets hurt. You know, there's a lot of scenarios that, you know, play around in this whole situation. But Shane Bouchel, I, I, you know, as good as he, you know, looked in some, a lot of areas, he still showed a lot of those like bonehead decisions like, bro, what are you doing? It was a lot more in the um the Bears game. And maybe that was just the the first game of the year or the first game of the preseason, so a little bit of those jitters and stuff like that. He found Justin Watson, like I mean, and it wasn't like he didn't find people, but there were a lot of like, bro, what are you doing? You know, so yeah, that 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 pretty much sums up the quarterback position. And like I said, Crum got uh waived uh, just yesterday or the other day. Um all right, let's go on to the uh, running back position. And this position, you know, kind of was a little disappointing the first game. And then I want to say it had its best showing in this game, the last game against the uh, the Green Bay Packers. Because in the Chicago Bears game and in the, uh, the Commanders game, yeah, there was not a lot that came from the running backs. Um, Clyde maybe ripped off one good run if if that, you know, Pacheco was not hitting the holes. I mean, he was doing, you know, he was doing essentially what he was supposed to do as far as like the play, but you know, they were still running into the linemen. And I know the hype has been really real for Pacheco because I'm part of that hype train. I think he's going to be very, very well this year. Um, I also think Brett Veach, you know, when Brett Veach said in his press conference, you know, and I, I had to put this together because I've heard this around already, that he said there's going to be a thousand yard running back coming out of the seventh round. And maybe he was hinting at Pacheco if that's the case. Maybe he wasn't. Maybe that's just a speculation, you know, but I'm not going to sit there and put it past that he, you know, he was pretty much meaning Pacheco that, He's going to be the thousand yard running back coming out of the seventh round because that's he was our last pick of the draft. Was him? No, 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 no. He was a second to last pick because I think Nazi Johnson was our last pick of the draft. Um, our draft, I should say. And um, yeah, no, Clyde. You know, Clyde's job's not safe, and I think he knows that. You know, we sunk a first round pick into you, but at this point, that doesn't matter. You've proven nothing into this league. You haven't, and that's the reality of it. It's nothing against Clyde because I want him to be successful. You know, I want if you're a first round, your first round pick. I want you to be successful, obviously. But Bud, man, you haven't proven that. You haven't proven to stay healthy. And when you do go out there, man, it's like. Sometimes you just like you don't find the holes, you don't you know, and I don't know, but he did have a good play. He did have a couple good runs in the Packers game and maybe one good run in the Commanders game and that was about it. But they put Pacheco out there and you know, I think a lot of people were excited for that. He ran hard. He ran hard in the third game, the Green Bay Packers game. Um, you know, that was very nice to see from a rookie. Uh, there was that one run he really ripped off, and there was that bullshit fucking holding call from fucking Creed Humphrey. So BS. 
But whatever. I mean, it is what it is. Preseason game, it is what it is. Um, but it was a nice run. He had a couple of those in the game. Um, what was I going to say about Cl- uh, back on Clyde? You see Clyde edwards Lair. He got a new helmet, and he's wearing a darker visor with it. Those Those helmets in the league look like Power Ranger helmets. If you saw... The picture I tweeted on, uh, I can't remember it was the other day, or I retweeted it, but it was a picture of Zeke Elliott, you know, in that, that same type of helmet with a visor on, and it looked exactly like a Power Ranger. Like, I was like, damn, these motherfuckers are really getting advanced with these damn helmet shapes and stuff. But, no, I, I honestly, I think, you know, it, it, it really doesn't matter at the end of the day who's going to be our running back, because... It's still Andy Reid. We're not. He's not Marty Schottenheimer. He's not going to run it eighty five percent of the time, you know. Even our offensive line is built like that. It's not. It's just not what he wants to do. And not with. And why would you? When you have a quarterback, you know, in Mahomes, why would you want to run it eighty five percent of the time, you know? But I personally think you just need to do it based off who you're facing. You know, you need to run more than you need to uh, pass and then versus pass versus run. You know, it just all just depends. You know, games are basically football games are a game of chess. You know, it's all about situational situations. That's why Bill Belichick has always been uh, successful in his career, because he's a situational football coach. Um, Anyways, uh, you know, I think our running backs will be fine as long as, you know, they read the holes and they do it within the value of the scheme or in the plays of the scheme. I think if CEH goes down, this is for sure it for him. I I mean, I think he's done anyways. I don't see them taking his fifth year option. Um, Even though this is his third season, he still has another year on his contract. Um, It's not like, it's not like, you know, he's going anywhere anytime soon. Unless they found a trade partner for him. But I can see a situation where, you know what, hey, we're going to let you finish your contract a year out. Unless he gets like over a thousand scrimmage yards, you know, but I'm, I'm going to, but we're talking like, you know, at least a thousand rushing yards plus, you know, 500 receiving yards, which he could very well get because that's what he was utilized in college. Like that's how LSU used CEH. Um, and, and Andy Reid loves to use his backs in the pass game, especially in the screen game or, you know, any type of, uh, running back rollout or any type of wheel route, you know, or unless he's shooting up the scheme seam, which is basically what Kareem Hunt used to do all the time. He tore the Patriots up like that shoot going up the seam, um, as like kind of that extra receiver or whatever the case may be. Um, and I see a lot of that with Pacheco. I think Pacheco is going to be like that. I think you're going to see him a lot more in the a lot uh, more in those routes. You're going to see him obviously in the screen game. Um, but Pacheco's a good zone runner. He can hit. He can zone run. He also can run. You know, if you're just basically in base basic eye formation or whatever the case may be. Um, our third stringer, I believe is going to be McKinnon. Um, you know, it's not bad. You know, McKinnon understands his role in this team at this point and he's good. He's good insurance if he's healthy. I mean, you saw what he did in the playoffs. Some people still think McKinnon should be the starter, you know, and I wouldn't argue that, but at the same time, you know, I think you want the younger talent in there. You don't want to run and gun McKinnon because he has battled with a lot of injuries his, um, his whole career. So, 
matter of fact, he actually just came back from a freaking small minor injury that he had. So I think having him as kind of that insurance, you know, backup, uh, you know, you can still bring him in on pass blocking downs if you want. Uh, they're going to roll with the fullback still. Some people believe that they may even roll with another a fourth running back. Um, it's not going to be Rojo. It's not going to be Ronald Jones. And I was getting to him. I know you guys probably like, oh, I didn't talk about Ronald Jones yet. I'm getting to him. As of right now, they're planning on moving him. He showed nothing in all three preseason games. And from what I've heard, I've heard that, you know, he kind of was a shitbag at camp as far as like, you know, not – doing what he was supposed to do which is crazy because you know what he did you know it looked like he looked great in OTAs and I and I, I get it it's OTAs you know you're just in jersey and shorts you're not really doing much but it's like it's like he went home it's like he went home and did absolutely nothing and I just I don't get that you know so it, it kind of put him in the position that he's gonna that he's in and he, you know, he looked really good in the Green Bay game. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that he didn't, but that was for him to get a job interview somewhere else. Or that was basically him putting film out there for him to earn a job somewhere else. That's usually what the, uh, you know, when they get to the point of playing a lot of those third stringers and fourth stringers, this is for you to put out there so other teams give you a call. And he's going to, you know, and teams are already calling us for Ronald Jones. You know, because, you know, we can cut him or we can train him because we signed him to a deal. So he's technically he is on the Chiefs roster. Now, I thought with maybe Gore going down and if they still run into roll with four running backs like, you know, because they have they did it last year. Uh, they rolled with Daryl McKinnon, C.H. and Frank and Gore, you know. And they rolled with all four of those guys plus a fullback. They rolled with five running backs. So, you know, I thought maybe that was going to be probably the case this year. But I think they may want to run with a uh, lighter because they were able to run lighter with tight end because um, because uh, Fortson was out for the year. So they may only run with uh, three running backs and plus the fullback. And that will be Pacheco, McKinnon, CEH, and uh, Michael Burton. Michael Burton, man, <laughs> that dude is really good at fullback bellies and fullback dives and stuff like that. I mean, getting those first downs, I mean, it's like a guaranteed every single fucking time. Dude knows how to get those first downs. I mean, granted, with the line we have, you know, it's a quick push right up the middle. So, anyways, uh, on to the, rec- the receivers now. Uh, wow, this is... Um, this was crazy, you know. I think this was kind of like, oh, everybody's going to try to f- speculate who's going to be wide receiver five and six because you should have already known who was going to be the top four. Juju, MVS, McCole Hardman, and Sky Moore. You already knew those four were going to be it. And it, so it came down to Josh Gordon, Cornell Powell, um, uh, Corey Coleman, uh Jennings, this guy named Jennings, I forgot, Gary Jennings, I think was his name was. He was cut a while ago already, but I know he was a receiver too. Um, who else? I mean, you had Darius Fountain, Justin Watson. You had a lot of guys that were in, and you were like, man, who's going to be wide receiver five and six? Well, that Chicago Bears game, you automatically knew it was going to be Justin Watson. 
and this guy is cold. And I said this, you know, earlier in the offseason when there when the first OTAs happened and there was a lot of that hype going around Justin Watson. I told everybody to chill out on it. I needed to see something in the game, and by God, we did. He scored that touchdown from Bichelle. Beautiful route. Dude was doing everything in the game. And then the second game against the Commanders, he was looking fucking good from Mahomes. It was like, all right, yeah, this dude's definitely making the team, and he's going to be wide receiver five. Um, and And that's good because he never got an opportunity in Tampa Bay cuz he was buried by so many so much talent on that team especially when they added Antonio Brown it was over over at that point but there was a i guess that he lost his job the moment that you know Brady threw that first pick in the Saints game his first ever game against uh, on a different team against the Saints when he threw that pick 6 uh when Jack Rabbit took it i guess that Watson was the receiver and he like didn't i guess he when he was coming up the flat, I guess he, you know, went up too much, which gave uh, Jackrabbit more room, you know, to come to the ball because that forced Brady to throw it more towards him. Um, and he never saw the field after that again. He lost his, his spot. He probably played special teams, I believe. And he's going to play special teams on our on our team too. Don't get me wrong. He's going to get his snaps on offense, but he's going to play some special teams. And then Darius Fountain. Darius Fountain really balled out. I want to say it was a little bit of the Commanders game and then this pass game. He had a bad block, though, when Bushman scored his last touchdown in the Packers game, his second touchdown. There was a, that was a bad block by Darius. He, I mean, if he didn't, it, like, they almost could have been picked, you know, but it wasn't, thankfully. But Darius Fountain's going to be wide receiver six. You know, he made he was on the team last year. He got snaps. He was on special teams. Tobe loves him. Tobe, you know, you know, basically gets a few guys that he has to, that he gets to select and he wants to keep. And I know Darius Fountain and uh, Watson will be those guys. Um, Corey Coleman. Corey Coleman ran. He he showed pretty you know pretty good speed and burst on the kick returns and stuff like that, but. You know, at the same time, or the punt returns, whatever the two. But at the same time, it's like, eh. I think they would rather have Hardman for real at the punt returns, and they would rather have Pacheco at the kick returns and stuff like that for now. Um, and I know they're trying Sky Moore out on the punt return. You know, I think it's a little sketchy that he's doing it. But at the same time, he's wide receiver four. And since he is one of the smaller receivers... It's one of those things that you can only do so much, especially with the taller receivers that you have. Because, you know, if he has, like, two guys draping over him, it's going to be very hard for him to catch, you know, over those guys. Not saying he can't do it because he has the long arms, he has the hands to do it. But at the same time, you know, with the build of the new receiving core, it's like, eh, what's going on, you know, what's going to happen? And that's, you know, that's why they wanted the tall guys. You know, MVS has showed some flash. MVS has showed some like, eh, you're doing some Green Bay shit, man. Um, we haven't really seen much of Juju. Like I said, he played in that first game against the Chicago Bears, and then, you know, he didn't even get a catch. He didn't need one. Um, Kelsey had a couple good plays. Um, he's a tight end. I'm sorry. I'm not even on the tight ends yet. But, um, 
Yeah, no, I, I, you know, Sky, he had a couple, you know, he had some plays and stuff like that. You know, that punt return that he did have was really good in the beginning. But, again, it still looks a little sketchy when he does do it. Uh, Hardman had a couple good deep plays and stuff. You know, I think he's going to take in a lot of those uh, deep shots that Har- uh, Tyree Kill had. Because um, him and MBS, they're going to be the ones that are just going to spread the field while, you know, Kelsey and Juju will take the intermediate routes. And then, um, you know, Watson will kind of just be all over the place. You know, he could, I told you that he could be Mahomes' you know, Jordy Nelson, like Jordy Nelson was to Aaron Rodgers. That, I, he's going to be like that. I take that every single time. Mahomes is going to ball with these guys this year. You know, I, Juju, I, I think Juju's going to get, you know, if he can manage to stay healthy, I think he's going to get about 1,100 yards. I think um, Sky will get at least 500. I'm gonna I'm not gonna put a whole expectation on, but I think he'll get at least 500. Um, Hardman is gonna at least get seven. MVS will at least get seven. Um, who else will? You know, Watson. Watson. I'm gonna go ahead and say Watson will at least get four or five. And I only say that is because, like, again, there's there's a lot of mouths to feed. You know, and if you're wide receiver five and six, you know, I'm not saying you're never going to come in because, you know, Andy's going to have like plays where he wants it like big, just big. And he has uh, Kelsey. um, uh, He has Kelsey. uh, uh, Shit. Um, Jody and Watson on one side because Watson's a tall guy. He's not short by all means. He's pretty tall. I can see a situation like that. And I'm very excited for the receiving core this year, you know, just because they're new. And I think, you know, we were super top heavy with Tyreek Hill and taking him away. Now we're very even. You have basically a a guy that is a number one on a lot of teams, but also could be a number two on a lot of teams in Juju. And then you have basically number twos after that. MVS was a number two. Um, Who else? Uh you know, Sky's a rookie, obviously, like that. But, you know, he could be a solid number two on another team. Harmon can be a solid uh, somewhat number two, number three on a team. But you're very even in the receiving core now. And that's basically kind of what you want it to be like moving forward. All right, tight ends. Kelsey, he's had a lot of good plays already that he's shown this uh, so far in the preseason. Um, I know at uh, training camp he got into it with uh, Fenton. Um, Fenton got into it with him and Mahomes, and but you know Kelsey came out and said, you know what, that's competition. That's what we're about here. And you know Kelsey's used to it. He's used to getting held in practice, you know, and even in games. He should already know about how that intensity comes. Uh, but Kelsey's gonna do his thing. He's gonna be Mahomes' number one target. He's gonna catch over a lot of linebackers. You know, he's gonna make a lot of people look stupid. He's probably gonna have a lot of yak again this year. He might want us a few games this year, and I will not be shocked by that if he does. You know, he's done it time and time and time again. Um, I think as far as a fan favorite goes in the tight end position, I think a lot of people are excited to see Jody this year, and I am too. The Washington Commanders preseason game, the dude had two red, uh, two red zone uh, in, uh, touchdowns, and Mahomes basically just lobbed it to him, and he snatched it and just got his two feet in over traffic too 
you know, and the dude can jump. The dude can jump over people. He's very athletic. He's very, very fast. He's fast, too. He's no, you know, he's no uh, chump. And I think if he can stay healthy, I think this is going to be very, very, very good red zone threat. You know, I can see some situation where he just has five, six touchdowns this year, and that's all just jump balls to him in the uh, end zone. How are you going to stop that? You know, I'm not saying you're not, you know, he's not going to ever get plays like Kelsey where he's, you know, ready a lot, but at the same time, you know, he could be a very, very good red zone, red zone weapon. And I'm very excited to see that. One guy I'm also kind of excited to see is Noah Gray. I think Noah Gray is going to take – I think he's going to take a major step forward this year if he sees the field a lot. Um, Due to Blake Bell being hurt, he has to really show that he can play a lot more now too. Um, He didn't really show a lot last year, you know, and that's as expected. I I wasn't having a high expectation out of him. But, you know, this year they're not putting that overhype on him like they did last year about the whole, you know, stallion thing or whatever, the white stallion, you know, the new toy. The moment you put the pads on, it's a whole nother ball game. But, you know, he's looking great. Uh, he did some things in the uh, Washington Commanders uh, preseason game. He's had some nice blocking blocks. Um, you know, I, I think with Blake being out, I, you know, maybe you can run, you know, Noah at that position. You know, maybe have him do a quarterback sneak or whatnot. You don't want Kelsey doing it, even though Kelsey's played some quarterback before. You just don't want him doing it because he's he's just where he's at and who he is. But they're never going to run another quarterback sneak with Mahomes ever again. It's just that's just pretty much what it's at. All right, let's get to the offensive line. Offensive line has looked great. Uh, that first game, though, there was a little bit of shakiness as far – well, let's put it this way. Um, the first game, Orlando Brown had a little bit of struggles with the ta- – with, uh, you know, with the uh, edge rushers. I think that was just probably first game jitters, you know, trying to get used to everything. But he was fine for Washington Commanders and fine for the Packers. He was fine through – all the way out, you know. The one person who's been struggling is Wiley. He struggled in every single game. But at the same time, it's like I I, I feel like he- Coach Andy Heck, the offensive line coach, he's probably like, well, fuck. I know he's our weakest link, but damn, like, look who's behind him. Like, who are you going to trust? He's the one who only knows the offense like that. You know, I we all can agree that Kennard's been a big, big disappointment. You know, he was that six-round pick, that one SEC lineman of the year. Yeah, and you're an SEC lineman. You would have thought, you know, better of him, but I guess there's a reason why he fell to the sixth round. I don't know if there was out-of-shape things or, you know, whatnot, or maybe because, you know, the NFL believes that he's a true guard and not a tackle in the NFL, you know, and maybe the team is maybe the team is waiting for him to realize that and make, maybe waiting for him to make, make the transition to guard. But the one thing about Andy Heck, he makes everybody learn every position on the fucking field. It's not like you're just going to learn your spot. Now, I did learn from Duke Manyweather, who's worked with plenty of offensive linemen, who's an offensive lineman guru, runs his own, uh, like, you know, program, you know, offensive line training, whatever, uh, called the O-line masterminds. And he said that he thinks it's stupid when you try to make players learn different positions because, you know... You, they need to build that continuity to where they already are. 
And it's like it's stupid when you know you have a guy play guard one week and then the next week you have him play tackle. Now, we don't do that necessarily. We only move guys around when there's injuries that are going along the offensive line. But I, I understand his point when it comes to, like, continuity and how you need the offensive line to be gelled and clicked. And I think our offensive line is a lot better, you know. They're, they are. They have a year under their belts with each other. Andrew Wiley was somewhat competent last year when he finished the season out from, for Niang. Um, but we saw a lot of chipping going on the side, a lot of extra tight end blocking and stuff like that. So he got a lot of help. Granted, we needed that. We, you know, I don't want to see him struggle out there. But, you know, at the same time, we all know that the right tackle is an issue. And we've been spoiled by Mitchell Swartz for, for a while and how good he was. And now we're trying to look for a guy who's going to take that spot. And unfortunately, Kennard, he needs a year on the practice squad. He's going to get cut. He's not going to make the team at that spot. Now, his showing against Green Bay was a lot better than his showing against, you know, Washington and uh, Chicago. He struggled in both those games. And there was, it seemed like there was an effort thing. It seemed like, you know, there was a lot of like confusion. Like, I don't even know where I'm at type of shit, you know? And again, the NFL is tough to be in, especially as a rookie, you know? And maybe there's, an, maybe that he had an unrealistic expectation on himself, you know, that kind of, you know, derailed him mentally. Um, but he needs another year in the practice squad, in my opinion. Um, Honestly, honestly, I feel like the backups that they're only going to run with would be uh, Allegretti, you know, and maybe maybe Jaron Christian. I don't I don't know. Or maybe Prince Tega Wanagu. Prince Tega Wanagu seemed to be the only competent backup because our our backup offensive line was horrid, horrid. I mean, a lot of the players in the backups in every position were mostly horrid anyways, but. Our backup offensive line, especially the tackles, horrid. Roderick Johnson was hideous, hideous. And Jaron Christian wasn't any better, but you know what? He had a better showing than Roderick Johnson. Roderick Johnson was hideous. I mean, Darren Kennard was, you know, atrocious too, but he's a rookie. You kind of expect, you know, you 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 understand that in ways. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I – you know, Orlando Brown, I think he's going to be fine. He looks great with the weight loss. Joe Tooney's going to be good. He was actually graded the highest uh, player on our team throughout this preseason. Um, you know, Creed is going to be himself. Trey is going to be himself. And, and it's just going to come down to the right side. But when you have a guy like Mahomes, he's going to move around uh, that, you know, it, it, will put, it won't put as much pressure because he understands you know, pocket presence. And I know some people don't think he does, but I believe he does. Um, we're kind of getting close to time. Uh, I'm only able to do 60 minute segments. I know I'm dragging and stuff like that. Uh, but we're going to try to roll through this uh, with the remaining uh, 15 minutes. Um, so yeah, the offensive line, as far as the starters go, they look strong. Uh, I think they're going to have a major step this year. ESPN had us graded the number one. Well, they had us graded as the number one blocking team and then the number one run blocking team and then like the number five pass blocking which is going to be which is kind of ironic but whatever that still makes you a top offensive line and I believe that and Mahomes is going to have this line especially this interior for a little bit 
You know, the tackle situation will be a little bit of a question. Hopefully we can get Orlando on a contract by next offseason, depending on how well he plays this year on the tag. And then hopefully maybe Kennard can develop or maybe we can find a really, really good right tackle next year in the draft, whatever the case may be. Um, but this is going to be this is going to have to be a great year coming from the tackle. I mean, coming from the offensive line position. All right, let's move over to the defensive side. Um, and I hate the fact that I have to make this quicker than normal, but uh, because it's my favorite side of the position. But man, our defense, especially the first string. Oh my god, they all look they look so fucking good out there. I know it's preseason, but. You can tell everybody's faster. Guys are flying to the football. You know, it, it. our defensive line looks faster, bigger. You know, it just, there's just so much that just looks so different from the last three years. You can tell there's not guys like Anthony Hitchens or Ben Neiman or Sorensen out there, or, you know, you know, guys like that, you know, that just don't need to be there anymore. Um, what else was I going to say? Um, starting with our defensive line, you know, defensive line looks great, you know, as far as the starters go. I mean, they got the push, especially that run. That run attack was really good. Uh, the run defense coming from the defensive line, Naughty looks great. Colin Saunders looks great. Uh, I know a lot of people had some doubt for him because they brought in Danny Shelton, who's huge, who's massive. Uh, that guy takes on like three blocks. I mean, imagine putting him and Derek Nottie in the middle. No one's running the fuck up. Uh, uh, no one's running on us. Um, but um, what was I going to say else about the defensive line? Clark, he looks a lot faster off the edge. Now, obviously, I'm not going to put a lot of money onto that because it's still Frank Clark at the end of the day. He hasn't really shown he hasn't shown anything the last few years being with us. And with this being a contract year, hopefully that might make a huge difference in that. Uh, Chris Jones, you know, he had that first penetration in the uh, the Chicago Bears game, got a sack on Justin Fields. Didn't play in the uh, Washington game. It only came in for a uh, drive, I think, on the uh, final preseason game. Um, Karloftis, uh, Karloftis looks great. He looks fucking phenomenal. Um, again, I know it's preseason, but I I doubted the pick. I did, and I will be the first one to admit that. You know, I think I'm going to eat my crow this year, and I want to. I want to be wrong. I want. I don't want these guys to be bad just because I said I don't agree with the draft picks, and I didn't agree with it because I would have rather a guy who had a better bend, a little bit off the edge, based off how things are this you know in nowadays in football. But Karloftis has shown that high motor and that I'm never going to give up on a play. And he got two sacks and he's already had like six press, six or seven pressures. You know, he's he, he's going to be phenomenal. Um, I think, you know, I think there's going to be a situation where, you know, on our starting rundowns, you know, you're going to have, um, you know, you're going to have uh, Clark, uh, Clark, Jones, Naughty. And then maybe Dunlap, maybe Dunlap to start off, maybe uh, Chris, maybe not Dunlap, maybe Karloftis still to start off. Um, and then uh, they'll rotate in other guys like Saunders and, um, uh, you know, Danny Shelton on those first and second downs just to get those rundowns, maybe give Chris Jones a little bit of a break. And then I can see a situation on pass downs where, you know, if you're rushing the four, you have Clark, 
um, and Dunlap off the edge, and then you have Jones and Karloftis in the interior, and that would be that would be a nasty, nasty front. That that would be a true NASCAR. Everybody's just going and pressure and pressure, pressure. You know, I, I'm I'm not gonna put an expectation on how many sacks I think Karloftis is gonna get this year. Um, the rookie record is ten from Derek Thomas. I don't think it's gonna be that. I don't think he's gonna get near that. Um, it's just hard, especially with you know how today's league is. You know, with passing and this and that. I think he's gonna have a decent productive rookie season though. Um, and if he does get ten sacks, fuck that. That'd be amazing. I just I I can't pro. I just can't promise that's gonna happen or anything like that. And I don't want to put my money onto it either. Um, what else? What else? What else? What else? Uh, Clark, again, I'm not going to try to put a high expectation on him, but I do hope that, you know, it's better than what we've seen. Chris Jones, um, I, you need, I, I want Chris Jones to get at least 10 sacks this year because, you know, as crazy as our GM can be, I can see a situation where maybe they might trade him, you know, move him next year. You know, I wouldn't doubt that, you know, especially with just the cap hit, you know, not, Getting sacks in the playoffs, I'm not saying that only matters, but, you know, man, you're going to have to start sewing some production from that standpoint, too. Um, but our defensive line has to be really, really great this year. And I, based off what I've seen in preseason, I think they're going to do just that, you know. But we'll see. The season's going to start here pretty soon, and we'll see if the addition of Joe Colon as the defensive line coach, the new defensive line coach, will make a difference. From what I've seen in preseason, I think it has made a difference because, like I said, this defensive line is flying to the ball. They're penetrating. Their stunts are faster. The stunts look more smoother, clearer, um, and that's making the linebackers' jobs a lot easier. Speaking of the linebackers, whoo-wee, man, our linebackers look great. I think this is the one position that looks the, probably the best on defense. Um, Nick Bolton, oh, my God, Nick Bolton's a monster. Calling it, he's going to be an all-pro. I've said this I've said this over and over and over again. I think he's going to have an all-pro, all-pro uh, season. Not Probably not this year, but he's going to eventually earn all-pros throughout his career. Um, and then you have next to him the other freak, the hype man, the juice man, uh, turbo freaking Willie Gay, who just fucking is a, oh my God, the dude jumps everywhere. The dude is always high energy, and you love that. Um, you saw him flying around to the ball. I mean, I I think he's going to get at least, you know, two to three interceptions this year. Um, he's just that good in coverage. He's fast. He knows. He just knows how to read. Um, I think, you know, there's a little bit of freelancing in his game, and I think that's what kind of gets him in trouble sometimes um, because, you know what, he does get yelled at a lot. I've heard that from other sources that he does get yelled at. Um, from coaches and I think that just is due to maybe the freelancing mentality and not really following the scheme a little bit but I think he's been a lot better at that and he's a vet in the room too he's been in the system a lot longer than you know everybody in that linebacker room so far um so yeah you have Willie Gay you have uh, Nick Bolton who will be your starters and basically the nickel since we pretty much only start with two linebackers most of the time 
Um, but, you know, they were running a lot of base with the three linebacker sets. And, you know, of course, they started with Elijah Lee that I've mentioned that he is the starting Sam at this point. Um, but I think what they'll do is they'll rotate between him and Leo because Leo got a lot of those spots at Sam as well. Mainly on the uh, you saw a lot in the, the third game. You saw on the first and second downs. He was more on the rundowns and he was blowing linemen up. He wasn't necessarily making a lot of plays in the last game, but he was blowing linemen up. Um, in the Washington Commanders game, I mean, he was uh, blitzing through the A-gap, and he blew the fucking center up. He blew Cosme up. I think Cosme is their center. I can't remember. But, yeah, it was it was bad. And then, you know, in the Chicago Bears, the first game, he, he led the team in tackles. So he's going to be a freak, you know, having a rotation between him and Elijah Lee. Elijah Lee's a good, solid player. Um, he, he, he understands football. He understands, you know, defenses in most cases. Um, he's been he's been around. You're gonna see him a lot on special teams as well. You're gonna see Leo a lot on special teams as well. Um, but our linebacking core is looking strong. Um, Darius Harris, our backup Mike, who's been here even through the Sutton the Sutton system, he freaking flashed very very well in the um the the last preseason game the dude shut a whole series down by himself three plays in a row you know until joshua williams our rookie corner who had a bad pass interference that you know basically ruined that but you know he's looking really well and he's probably going to be the backup mike moving forward um you know you're gonna you know especially when nick needs a breather or maybe an injury or whatnot um, but he's shown that he's worked his ass off to earn his earn his keep on this team as well. Um, outside of that, so I think he will come in as like your uh, your your fifth linebacker because they're only going to take five linebackers. I think uh, you know Darren Lee, Leo Chanel, and um, uh, Darius Harris will be those extra three guys outside of Willie Gay and Nick Bolton. All right, so our defensive backs, defensive backs, uh, they they're that was probably one of the biggest questions too. Um, they look great. Our corners look great. You know, our rookies kind of kind of little iffy in some some aspects. Josh Williams had struggled this last game, um, but he did very well in the first two, and you know that happens. You're gonna expect that from a rookie, especially in a preseason game. This is why they're preseason games or practice. Um, Jalen Watson. Jalen Watson looks fucking phenomenal. Um, he he's definitely earning his keep on this team for sure. He might be the third. He may be the fourth corner. Um, I don't know how many corners they're going to keep on this team, but he can very well earn his keep. I think Lamons is going to make the team just because of special teams. He shows very very flash on a lot of flash on special teams. Um, Legereus Neen, he's, he's the guy, he's the, he's the guy they look up to in this room as far as the cornerbacks go. Um, he's going to be your, your nickel guy, your primary nickel. Um, he showed some flash in the game as well, um, at that spot, you know, and then the base with the three linebackers said he'll play that boundary and he's looking very, very well. Um, the first game he kind of struggled, but after that, I mean, he had some good pass breakups. Uh, Fenton, Fenton, you know, I think a lot of us like Fenton, but Fenton can be a little aggressive a lot of the times. And I think that's also why he gets hurt a lot too. Um, he's out unfortunately at the moment, but he was going to be the other starting corner opposite, you know, Snead and, uh, Mc and McDuffie. Um, like I mentioned earlier, McDuffie, you know, he went out with that, uh, the concussion injury, but 
he's looking really great. I know a lot of people are saying, well, I need to see more out of him. Well, he's locking his guy up. What more do you want him to do? <laughs> yeah, I, I just I never understood that that whole that whole mentality. But he's looking great. He's looking really great. And I think it's going to be really him, Sneed, and, um, you know, Williams or uh, Watson. You know, it's going to be kind of uh, between those guys um, until Fenton, you know, Fenton plays, you know, gets healthy. But I can see a situation where we may cut Fenton or we may trade him. Who knows? You know, we may cut him on an injury settlement because at the end of the day, you don't want a guy that keeps getting hurt. Who knows he's going to be the same. And at the same time, he's he's had some critical mistakes. Even though PFF graded him very high all, mostly all year, he's had some critical mistakes. Um, but I, I think, I think, you know, because this scheme relies heavily on the safeties to be great, I think our corners will be fine this year. I, I think, I think Sneed, Sneed's going to have a good year. I, I think McDuffie will be fine. Um, and whoever comes in as that third spot, you know, will have some um, have some struggles. But I, I think whoever end up being uh, will get a lot of help, especially from those backside safeties, you know, maybe a little bit of the linebackers, too, as well, since we'll ask a lot of them to drop into specific spots. Um, going to the safeties, Justin Reed looks great. He's came out plenty and plenty of times saying that, you know, this is the most complex uh, defense he's ever been a part of and you need guys that can think like that who want to be a part of that and he's shown tremendous leadership so is Juan Thornhill Juan Thornhill's been here the entire time so he knows what it's take to be and he knows what it takes to be on this defense and I think him and Justin Reed will be that good dynamic duo along with uh holding the um the knowledge and being able to teach a young Brian Cook who, who will be that third safety who will come in and, you know, on those spots and, uh, you know, on those dime spots and uh, help out a lot, you know. But you know what, what I've been seeing? I've been seeing him being in the deep, deep safety room with uh, Juan Thornhill. And I've been seeing um, Justin Reed creep up into the box, playing more close to the line of scrimmage like Daniel Sorensen did. Um, but who knows? We're going to – we'll see a little bit more about how Spags will utilize those guys. There might be a switch off between him and – Cook, I only see Juan Thornhill playing deep. Um, maybe, maybe he might come up and play some robber. Who knows what's going to actually happen? Damn, son, where'd you find this? My apology, Chiefs Kingdom. My video cut off on me on the last segment, so we're gonna go ahead and try to wrap this episode up now. Um, I I'm past the past the hour limit. I know, I know. I'm trying to work on that. I'm trying to work on condensing these episodes a little bit shorter, but that's okay. It's my first one back. I I I just miss talking. I've just missed podcasting in general. So I think that's why I just I'm just kind of getting everything out the way that I'm getting it out now. And I've apologized that this kind of sounded like shit. Um, again, it's my first time recording in a while. You know, I feel like it's like. Every time I hop back on it, it's it's like learning how to ride a bike again, you know. And I'm a, I'm a very very shy person. I know a lot of people are doing the YouTube thing nowadays, and they're showing their face. Um, not that I'm an ugly person by all means or whatnot. I'm scared to show my face. It's not that. It's just I'm trying to learn how to get more comfortable with doing this, you know, doing this thing. So then eventually I'll branch out to the YouTube system, start getting a little bit more complex with this podcast and this show. Um, but anyways, back to what I was saying um, on the last uh, part, it, I was trying to finish up with the safeties. Uh, but that uh, fourth 
that fourth safety spot will be um uh Dion Bush. Dion Bush has showed some flash. You know, he's gonna be primarily special teams, but he's came up and showed some big hits. That dude knows how to hit people. And you like that. I I love that. You know, he's he's a big guy. I didn't realize how big he actually legitimately was. Um, but he could be like that Armani Watts role as far as like, you know, being that that fourth safety, you know, that will come in at some points because, you know, Cook, Reed or or um, uh, Thornhill can get hurt at any point. You never you never know. Um, but I think our secondary is going to be good and they're going to have to hold it down because, you know, a lot of our sacks are going to come from coverage. You know, I know that um, if, if as long as, you know, he's rushing for now, Spags, I'm not going to put it against Spags because he likes the blitz. You know, he was blitzing corners in the damn preseason game. He knows he loves doing it. He's not going to he won't stop. So, but at the same time, if he can get away with not having to dial up blitzes and just having to rush naturally and trying to get after the quarterback, I think that will help a lot out. And and our linebackers are good. They're going to fly to the ball. They're going to be good in coverage. You know, I have no doubt about it. Um, Nick Bolton has taken a huge step in fucking coverage. I know a lot of people... A lot of people have seen that. I mean, that dude's had some PBUs already. You know, he could have maybe a pick this year. You know, you never know. I mean, Willie Gay isn't the only guy that knows how to, you know, Willie Gay is our best coverage linebacker. Don't get me wrong. He's not like the, you know, the worst or anything like that. But he's going to be, you know, really good um, moving forward. Um, I I believe this is going to be a breakout year for him, too. Uh, You know, our, I know we had guys like Jack Cochran, Mike Rose, who were the UDFA guys in the linebacker room. But they, their reason why they were the third stringers is they were horrid. They were horrible in their games. Jack Cochran got thrown around, and Mike Rose never wanted to fly to the ball. They were just, I mean, you can tell they were scared. They were skittish. They were skittish to fly to the ball. You know, and I understand that. It's the NFL. It's a different type of speed. It's a different type of game, you know, and then sometimes you might not realize it. And at the same time, they're probably like, well, fuck, I don't want to get hurt. I know I'm not making this team. You know, I don't want to ruin my chances and stuff like that. But at the same time, guys, you got to be able to play because they played bad in those last few, those last few games. I mean, third stringers and everybody else were not good at all. You know, it, that's when the score started happening and things like that. Um, but they, the first, the starters, oh my goodness, if this defense can be top 12 all year long, that's going to be scary because our offense is already going to be our offense. And, you know, I, I'm, I know there's going to be struggles in the beginning of the year because it's a new team it's, um, uh, young guys and you know a lot of learn a lot of learning uh, curves and stuff like that but I think that they're gonna be it's gonna probably take you know four or five games before we really start seeing the defense really really coming along but at the same time that could you know we, it could all be a shocker and they can all just come out and just be who they are you never know or it can be just as bad as it was last year if not worse I do think that this is a a situational year for Spagnolo. I do think that if the the defense struggles and they don't get better, I think that he will be fired. 
Um, but I think this may be Spagnuolo's last year DCing us anyways. Um, most DCs don't like to be that long of a DC, even um, especially if you know he does want another opportunity at trying to be a head coach. Uh, another guy who really needs to have a bounce back year as a coach is Dave Tobe. I know he's one of the best special team coordinators, if not the best special teams coordinator in the league, but you know, we have some struggles sometimes on special teams. There are certain things, um, Butker, I I know he's going to be himself, but there's sometimes there's those stinkers with the PATs. And I know that that isn't really necessarily Tobe's fault. Um, but there are times where I do feel like, man, Tobe, I would have tried to put our, our, put our units in a little bit better of a position, you know, in certain circumstances. Um, but I think overall we'll be fine. You know, I know we have Justin Reed as a backup kicker for reassurance, for assurance, if we need it. Um, you don't want that. You don't want your safety going out there, but it was nice that they did that in a preseason game and he hit it. He hit it under pressure. Um, but we all know Butker's our guy moving forward as a kicker and Tommy Townsend's moving forward as a punter and, um, uh, Winchester's the new, uh, long snapper. And I think Winchester got a new deal from us not too long ago. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken, um, I'm trying to see what else is of the recap, you know, like I said, I mean, the preseason came and gone. It went by really fast. I think we were all just so excited to have football back, a lot more preseason games have been playing. A lot of guys have gotten hurt already. A lot of things have happened. Um, Deshaun Watson, you know, he's suspended for uh, the first 11 games, I believe. And he'll be back playing against his former team, you know, of course. Um, even though I personally believe that, you know, you know, dude, if you decide to do shit like that, dude, you just, you know, I, I, I'm not going to speculate on your life and your life choices, but... Sometimes, man, when you make certain decisions in your life, you don't get to have other things. And I just, you know, that's just me. I'm not going to get too deep into it, but that's just me. Um, and then, you know, you have the situation with Matt Ariza, who just was drafted, that that puncher all-star who was drafted by the Bills. And now all of a sudden was released immediately because of raping for accusations of rape, gang raping a 17-year-old. It's just... You know, it's just it blows my mind that, you know, I get it. People are humans and they're going to make decisions no matter who they are, where they are, what they do. But I can just never imagine you knowing that your life and who you're going to be one day. Why would you want to throw it down the drain to make a fucking disgusting, heinous decision like that? And I get it. It's innocent till proven guilty. I don't know if he for sure raped this girl or whatever the case may be. But what we do know is he admitted having sexual relations with a 17-year-old. Whether whether she liked it or not, you were a 21-year-old and she was a kid. You, it, I'm, I, I'm not going to get into it because that's not what this podcast is about. I'm not going to get into it. And that's not even part of our team. So anyways... Back on, you know, everything else, I think our team is going to it, it's going to be fun this year. You know, I, I'm excited because I just feel like taking Tyreek off this team has made this team completely different dynamic wise and everything. Not that Tyreek was toxic in the locker room. I don't think that he was um, because that would have been made at a point if he really was. But um, this whole running your mouth thing, man. 
as as annoying as it is, I do want Chiefs Kingdom to stop, you know, feeding into it and responding and having to argue, feeling like you have to defend yourself. You know, he's going to act like that. He's going to act like that all year, and he's going to get the reactions that he's wanting. So I just advise everybody in all Chiefs Kingdom just move forward. He's playing with a bad quarterback. He's not going to see anything. He's not going to be successful. And, you know, as what it is or as successful. I don't want to sit here and wish bad success towards a player, but we just know personally he's not going to be as productive. And that's just because of the team and, you know, who he's playing for is just what it is. Um, I'm trying to figure out what I want to review and recap. Um, like I said, the team's back at their training facility, um, Missouri Western. They're done with that. I think a lot of the players don't like doing that no more. They don't like getting away like that, but Andy Reid does. He likes to be a little traditional, but he won't ever do joint practices. And that's because of the whole facility thing. You know, you can't bring another team to another facility because there's a whole set of rules and this and that. They got to stay. And so I, I think it's good how we do it. We stay within ourselves. We do our thing, and that's just it. All right, well, uh, that's all the reviewing and recapping I want to do so far this preseason. Um, it was a good off season, and the regular season is is actually going to start here in the next couple weeks. Uh, we got Arizona September 11th, and that's going to be a good one. I cannot wait for that. Um, and then we, me and Cassie, are actually going to go to the home opener. That's going to be very fun against the Chargers. And then we do plan on going to the Houston Texans game uh, December 18th when we play them then. So uh, it's going to be a fun season. I'm excited forward, uh, excited for it. Um, moving forward with these episodes, though, and how I'm going to run the podcast. Again, I'm not going to make any promises about how I'm going to get these out, when I'm going to get these out. It could be a couple weeks from now before I get another episode out. It can be a month from now. I could do it every week and recap, or I can wait for three weeks and recap multiple games at a time. You know, I just know moving forward, I'm not going to put an expectation on myself. And I think that's what I was trying to do, put like an unrealistic expectation on myself because I'm not these other guys out here. I'm not these big time podcast host or anything like that. My name's Eric Lupartis. I'm just, I'm a trainer. That's what I do for a living um and you know performance and health you know i help people you know change their lives help people become better athletes and you know just build themselves mentally that's that's my life and i can't put an unrealistic expectation on myself and make make it out to be like i'm an nfl analyst which i'm not um that i'm an nfl insider or a chiefs insider which i'm not I'm just a regular guy who wants to talk about the team that he loves and wants to talk about football that he loves. And I'm knowledgeable. I try to, you know, be as knowledgeable and throw some terminology facts out there like these guys do. You know, I watch film, but I watch that personally for myself. I don't think I need to break that down for you guys and everything like that. I don't I don't think that's my that's what I want this podcast to be about. I think this is what I want to share my views and everybody else's views together. Um, at some point, I will have guests on this show. I will do that. I think I want, that's why this is called Kingdom Connect, because I want to be able to connect all of Chiefs Kingdom, bring, you know, not even like famous people. I would rather just bring random fans on, just talk to them. You know, I think a lot of people would like that, getting to know people 
all around Chiefs Kingdom, not these guys that have blue check marks right next to their name, because at the same time that, you know, they are who they are. And they've they've been doing this for a long time. They've been trying to, you know, get their names out there for a minute. And they've been, you know, they've been writing for the team. They've been inside with the team. They've been doing this and that. And that's not me. I'm I'm going to solely focus on being who I am and what and not doing what I'm not. So that's kind of how I want the uh, the podcast to move forward. Kingdom Connect. Um, because I love this and I love the team and I love the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm a diehard football fan and I just, I want a great season for us this year. I'm hoping and praying for that. I'm hoping and praying for good health with, uh, all our teammates, uh, all of our teammates, all our team, all the players on the team, everybody in the organization. I don't wish injury upon anybody on the league in the league like that. Um, and I just hope that this is just another su- successful season and Pat Mahomes just keeps proving why he's the best fucking quarterback in the league. All right, Chiefs Kingdom. So um, speaking of quarterbacks, um, I want to go ahead and finish up this episode with uh, talking about the most one of the most iconic figures of Kansas City, especially the Kansas City Chiefs and Lynn Dawson. Uh, you know, we all know that he passed away and the impact that he had on this organization, the franchise and the, its history, obviously, with being uh, one of the greatest quarterbacks of his era um, in the AFL. And then obviously in the beginning stages of the NFL, being able to play in the um, first first four, you know, not first four, but the first Super Bowl and then obviously the fourth Super Bowl, which brought Kansas City its uh, first uh, championship, its first Super Bowl. You know, it it was tough, and I think his uh, memory, his memory and his legacy will obviously live on forever within Kansas City. Um, Matt Verderam uh, made it a good point. You know, I think there should be a statue built for him. You know, I I think there will be one built for Mahomes at one point. But Lenny Dawson, I mean, he was he was basically Kansas City. You know, of his time. Um, we all, I mean, obviously Dallas Texans in the AFL days, but you know when they became the Chiefs, he was he was the guy. And um, Mahomes and company, they obviously did the uh, the iconic uh, choir huddle, you know, that he made famous with his team. And I think seeing that was so, so iconic. I mean, I made a post about it, obviously, on the Kingdom Connect Instagram page, which, yes, by the way, I did open. I ended up deciding I wanted to get that uh, page back up and running. And so I ended up... Um, bringing that up and I posted that and that was good that, you know, I did that because it was, it, it, I really want that picture obviously to, you know, be a memory, you know, for Kingdom Connect, but obviously I want it to be, you know, a good memory for all of Cheese Kingdom, which it will be. And um, seeing that, you know, brought me, you know, chills. It brought me goosebumps and it was just very, very iconic and so dope for Mahomes to do that. Um, and to show his support and love for, you know, Len Dawson. And obviously the team are going to wear the number 16 decals on their helmets all year. I wouldn't be shocked if they had a 16 patch on their uh, jersey this year either. Um, you know, because Len Dawson, you know, he was the one who who started the foundation, you know. And obviously if we it's led all the way to this way. You know, we've had our struggles but since since then. But I think, you know... Mahomes brought a championship to this, you know, this city that like he did. And that's what it's about at the end of the end of the end of the day. So, yes, Lenny Dawson, he'll be missed and loved forever, especially through the hearts of uh, the Hunt family and all through the hearts of Chiefs Kingdom. 
All right, Chiefs Kingdom, with that being said, the connect was real.